Welcome to Navigating Education, the podcast, episode number 25, Digital Assessment Tools with Samantha Schaffner. And today we're going to be talking about how we can integrate a number of tools with assessment strategies to help um, drive our instruction and, you know, help our students um, learn and achieve the standard. And, you know, one thing about assessment is it helps us get, uh, meet them where they're at and help us develop lessons so that we can you know, help support them and, you know, put them on a trajectory towards success. So uh, we have about five questions today to uh, talk through about this topic. And before we get started, let me uh, introduce and provide some background on our guest today. So she's a district administrator from Ohio, and she serves as the district's K-12 assessment and accountability coordinator. And prior to working in her current position, she's done a lot of different things across public and charter schools in Ohio, ranging from being a dropout prevention recovery coordinator. And she's also been in the classroom as an English language arts teacher, and she's a blended learning expert. She served as curricular designer before, as well as content creator for um, in her current day job, as well as in her consulting work with um, ed tech companies. And she's an advocate for effective online teaching and student success with technology to succeed in all spaces. So really glad to help you, uh, have you here today and uh, to talk about assessment. Thank you, Matt. I'm very happy to be here myself. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, um, so tell us a little bit about what your context looks like in education now. I know that the role that you were in is new. So talk mm -hmm. a little bit about maybe like you're starting this position. What does your day-to-day -day look like? And talk a little bit about maybe there's some things that I missed about you in your bio to let our listeners know a little bit about you and what your values are. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, so I started a brand new position at Pickerington Local School District, which is awesome. Uh, they're in ISTE Distinguished District and they have 11,000 students and I believe it's 14 buildings, some really um, innovative, you know, educators in there that are very passionate about what they do. So I'm really excited for this, uh, this new journey that started two days ago. So anyway, the day to day right now is sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, getting all the roles switched over from the last, um, the last testing coordinator to me just so I can access all of the systems and whatnot. And then when things pick up, it's going to be more supporting all things assessment K, to, K through 12, you know, in the district. So that's gonna be the kindergarten readiness assessment, um, any vendor assessments to show growth like iReady or NWEA map, um, those types of things. And then the state tests, ACTs, AP, uh, you know, all those items I'm running point on and also um, a benchmarking system putting in place to uh, gap closing sort of items. And so, uh, yeah, I'm getting used to this new role. I couldn't be more excited. Um, this is kind of my thing. And how I got here was probably, uh, be, be, mm, I fell in love with assessment through a few tools that we will, you know, get into within the podcast that really sort of changed the way I looked at education and just how we use our time and, you know, how we provide 
students with uh, as many opportunities as possible to learn and you know receive the support they need as well as get to where they need where from where they're at like as far as um, diversity is concerned with you know student abilities and where they come from so uh, yeah I I suppose I don't know what else to say about myself. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. No, that's a great background. And I mean, you have a lot of experiences with a lot of different tools, working in different school settings, as well as with assessment. And so before we talk a little bit about some of the assessment tools and instructional strategies that may be associated with it. So what are some of your philosophies regarding assessments? Why do you think we need assessment? And you know, assessment has changed, I feel like, over the past 25 years, thinking about when I was in school and mm -hmm. thinking when I was in um, high school or even middle school and elementary, it's more of just like memorization um, of, you know, concepts and content versus now it's more skill-based. So I think that mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of that change. And, um, and you know, my, this is my philosophy regarding assessment is that we use it so that we can create opportunities for our students to further their learning mm -hmm. and to see where they're at and doing this in more of a bite-sized approach than more of the traditional um, approach that has been used for years and years is just like you know timed tests where you're using root memorization and mm -hmm. you're assessing that versus the skills so tell me a little bit about you know what you think about assessment and um some of your philosophies about it okay so i am a huge advocate for anything data driven um and you know we can go from using prior year student achievement data um you know in, in dpr schools prior student achievement data is very important when you're planning just about anything but especially especially a response to intervention and you know that's sort of the macro where it starts, but really I like to use tools where I can see on a daily basis um, where my students or where my teachers or you know where the whole district is at as far as power standards are concerned. So I believe assessment should be taking place all like the entire class, you know, every day, like every decision you make is basically, it's uh, formed because you assessed you know, students in some formal or informal way. So I believe that um, we need to be assessing students as much as possible and using daily um, data to drive instruction as well as larger pieces of data, like data warehouse sort of like mergers and stuff to make a larger plan for each child, like MTSS or, you know, those sorts of things. So data 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 <laughs> yeah i know totally and i think that with the amount of tools that we use i mean every single action we use on technology creates data mm -hmm. and the data that we're collecting on students is i mean there's so much i mean we could have a whole hour conversation about this is that so much data i feel like it's being unused mm -hmm. because it's just in education there's a major gap in data literacy and among educators and something that I feel like that once we get through some of the major challenges relating to this ongoing pandemic, I believe that that's gonna be, I think one of the major issues going forward because we have all this tech and we have all this data. And now a lot of the training and professional learning will go towards 
building that literacy to then take that data, those visualizations, and then do something with it. So, yeah, absolutely. And I, I will uh, piggyback on that. My position is a new position in the district. Sorry, my dog just got home from work. He's trying to <laughs> Gus, you want to show your face? Oh, he wants a snack. But anyway, um, uh, this the every student succeeds act relief funds from COVID are providing more of an accountability. Um, I guess the resources to you know build a framework for these sorts of positions. So they mm -hmm, did not mm -hmm. have a, a data, you know, an assessment and accountability um, district administrator until, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, Monday. So um, with that being said, you know, obviously people are realizing that data is everything right now. And, you know, we can collect it in so many different ways. So why not? But the, where the break is, is like, are they using it? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, we have all these assessment tools and I mean, we're going to talk about that in a minute. So um, we'll talk a little bit about data on the back end of this conversation. So let's focus on now um, just focusing on, I feel like we're in the age of formative assessment and we can get bite-sized bite pieces of evidence of student learning like yes. really quickly. I mean, you can set up a quick assessment that within I always like to begin class with a formative assessment and ending class with a formative yes. assessment. So I can determine like, okay, at the beginning of class, you know, gauge where everyone is at, look at specific students, and then, you know, provide some forms of intervention throughout the lesson to help those students um, achieve those gaps. And then at the very end, I tend to like to have that, a, a similar type of formative assessment to see like, hey, did we make progress today? And then that can help guide me towards the next class and what type of tools do you feel like are best to conduct formative assessments? What do you recommend for uh, teachers and schools to utilize for um, formative assessment? All right, so I guess I'll just start where you started with the entrance piece. I adore quizzes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever. Um... I definitely have, yeah. I, I like yeah. the gamified version mm -hmm. of a, you know, of assessment. And they've really improved over the last couple of years of just oh, like yeah. making it more like multimodal and um, mm -hmm. just make my well, thinking Mobile more even friendly. just, yeah, like UDL friendly as well. So, oh, yeah. 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 So I love quizzes. I, I do prefer the premium version because it has the vetted content, uh, but that is typically what I would use for the entrance piece. And that would be still connected to whatever content would be, you know, assessed at the end. Um, regardless, but quizzes is awesome. There's a free version of it. There's a paid version of it. If your district's all about that, it's, it's worth it. And it has a lot of um, new, you know, everyone's sort of, you know, ed tech's so big right now that apps are uh, competitive with one another. So now we have flashcards and you can add, you know, multimedia and all these things that really weren't available before. They have lessons on there as well. And so I actually kind of borrow and cut uh, certain things from there to make my test questions that might be in the exit ticket at the end on another, you know, application. Mm -hmm. So quizzes is one. Um, it gives nice data reports as well. And the kids stay very motivated. They ask me every day, are we playing quizzes? Can we play again at the end? Like you're, you know, 
they would be, I'm I'm on fire right now. It says I'm on a hot streak and it the kids just love the pace of it and it's individualized but not, you know, because they're still being competitive. So I would say uh, quizzes in Kahoot are very useful uh, in the K through 12 setting, especially with middle schoolers and high schoolers for sure. And Pear Deck um, is awesome. And I love that, Pear Deck as well. Do you? I, I, it's just someone today was like, what's Pear Deck? And I'm like, I was in an Agilastic um, Innovator kickoff uh, event around noon today, I suppose. And I was in this breakout room and I was like, you don't know what Pear Deck is? Like, you are missing out. I honestly don't think I could live without Pear Deck. Uh, it's just, especially for like TBTs, BLTs, DLTs, you know, you're actually able to show the teacher like model, I suppose the protocols and processes um, with a very, uh, uh, you know, Pear Deck allows you to even embed the websites, of, you know, what I'm saying, like, it's yeah. just such a great app. So I don't know how you use Pear Deck, but I love it for PD with teachers as well. Oh, I love it as well. And Great. I love Sing. the takeaways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then they can get the notes, whether it's a student or teacher, they can get the notes mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. you know, So that their is assessment. one. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And then you get the feedback and they, and that is also very important because it has an asynchronous mode. So the student paced mode that allowed me to keep my learning landscapes in alignment uh, last year, you know, during a, a pandemic year, which, you know, my students were doing better than most were in our district because they were actually engaging, you know, in the activities because the everything was aligned. It wasn't all over the place and, you know, different per, I guess, modality that it was being presented on. So I would say Pear Deck, and then I, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Edge Elastic and Wakelet for both for formative and summative, um, you know, how do you Edge use Wakelet? is, oh, how do I, how do I not use Wakelet? <laughs> more of the question, Matt. <laughs> I well, use Wakelet let's think like about everything. formative okay. assessment. <laughs> yes, 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 no. Okay, so Wakelet is fantastic for um, student writing, sharing student writing and the, you know, conferring with students and um, providing examples. Like a typical assignment, I would say that I would design using Wakelet as an assessment tool for chunking would be perhaps taking an article from Newzella or something that's at my student's level, right? Something that they're interested in that's culturally relevant to my students mm -hmm, that, you know, mm -hmm. that, they, that speaks to them. And then we all go over the article, discuss it in class, perhaps put up a Pear Deck that kind of, you know, front loads a little bit of what I'm going to expect from them on the, racer paragraph right and then um i will just project the like prompt that'll usually repeat some type of jargon or verbiage that they would see on the state test so they're practicing those testing words and you know oh I, analyze evaluate you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. like whatever uh, format those would be in and a lot of it would be like main idea, you know, I, we would kind of go through the standards. If I wanted author's purpose, that would be sort of a different kind of paragraph I would ask for than the 
um, asking for them to restate the main idea and mm -hmm. give me evidence. But God, you know, I would put on a timer for 15 minutes or so after we discussed something and just say, you need to restate the question, answer the question, cite from the text and explain. You can use the Flipgrid video. If you can accomplish those items the same, I would prefer you to do whatever speaks best to your, you know, comfortability and ability levels. So um, that is awesome because it allows some voice and choice as well. And students really like sharing like that because mm -hmm. they become more comfortable when they see, sometimes I would put like the eighth graders, you know, the eighth graders had the morning class and the seventh graders would be reading the same article as the eighth graders, but on a lower lexile because I would level it down, right? But we would all be discussing the same I suppose, content or topic. And they would read each other's examples and take, you know, notes from one another and be everyone raising their hand. Ms. Schaffner, can you please help me make sure that this, you know, that I cited this properly or that I restated the question? I'm not quite sure if I'm doing this correctly. So I was able to go like desk to desk and help these kids become pretty proud of, um, I don't know, creating their own they, they like the authentic product part. They would ask me to tweet it out like every time. I'm like, put just your first name or you can write you're an orange basketball. I don't care, but I need your racer paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> you know, about this article on Flipgrid or typed out. And then the feedback for that would usually come with the conferring, to be honest with you. But they, you know, middle schoolers are typically like grade chasers and they were trying to learn. So wake it for sharing student writing and collaborating, um, you know, at that kind of level, they really enjoy it. And they really enjoy being part of the larger social media, uh, mm -hmm. you know, scene on a more of a professional level because they're like Snapchat kids. So yeah, that and the digital portfolios. And, you know, at the time you couldn't have a wake it, um account if you were 12 that's new and you, there wasn't the google sync so it's a lot easier to you know do those things now um if yeah. I was right now i would definitely be importing those classes and you know sharing those uh, resources with the kids like that and letting them tweet out their own or you know whatever they uh, deem appropriate or you know whatever empowers them but yeah and they like the flip grid um you know using flipgrid as an alternative way to respond mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Wakelet has so many options for oh assessment, God, yeah. and um, I mean, I even would consider Wakelet more of a non-traditional assessment tool versus more oh, yeah. of like, because I think Wakelet, I mean, just like as you enunciated is, is that it's a tool where it can be multimodal and it has choice built in mm -hmm. um, to Wakelet itself, mm -hmm. and yeah. it has the ability, like you said, to amplify voice of students. So, I mean, it really is truly a um, multifaceted tool. And I, I mean, you could use it for more traditional assessments, but I think really where the power of that tool is, is that you can use it to really assess, but you can use it for students to create and then share, which oh, okay. like a digital portfolio or just any sort of thing they want to share on that platform. Um, with you or even the greater educational community or the world if, if that's allowed mm -hmm. in that district. So yes. um, it's awesome. They love it. Are there any other non-traditional, I mean, I won't so say like Wakelet is, I'd say it's in the middle between like 
a traditional and non-traditional assessment, such as like digital portfolio, that has so many options. Do you have any other um, right. non-traditional assessment tools that you recommend uh, us diving more deep into? Hmm. Non-traditional. Or like a platform where oh, students can man, make digital I'm portfolios. Um, I tend to like doing Google Sites. I've done that historically. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder if many people are trying to do more like students, every student has like a WordPress or Weebly that they can use and to upload yeah. information to. I mean, that's kind of where I feel like is where a lot of assessment needs to go is, is that students have created this content that's assessed by the teacher and it's given feedback. But once it's to the point where, you know, it's, it, you know, the student and teacher believe it's, um, appropriate to post they have it on their digital portfolio right. and it's utilized as something that is longitudinal so that they have it from the very beginning and you can see you know schools and the student the family all stakeholders in their education can see it all the way up until they graduate yeah which is I hope that that is more of a trend um in our North American education system versus Absolutely. um you know, really focusing on um, the state tests as um, indicators for, um, you know, showing that growth. So I would say Flipgrid, you know, Flipgrid mm -hmm. is great and it's a, it's very student voice centered and, you know, they don't have, there's just, you can do just the audio you know, you don't have to show your face if that's yep. not something that you're comfortable with. So that's great too. And, you know, you can also design your little like breaking news. Like I like to make um, like chats for the kids. Like they're, you know, they're in their own little Twitter chat land and I let them choose, oh, two questions out of five where they, you know, respond in the QA format. And that worked very well you know, too, because I let them do the videos for that. And I used Buncee a lot as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say the capability or the potential of Buncee as a tool you could assess students with is very large. Um, my students just didn't have their own accounts. I have my own because I'm an ambassador, but I would make Buncees and put them in the Wakelet collections and it made it so much more clear and like inviting and it actually was the you know interactive buncy and i would download the pngs uh, by themselves and so it was all structured mm -hmm. so you could see everyone's answers and you know that's i would say uh, yeah buncy and um what else did i just mention you just said flipgrid flipgrid mm -hmm. yeah and flip flipgrid shorts on wakelet are really nice and easy yeah, no, awesome. I mean, I, I think that that app smash between Buncee and, and Wakelet is something that I want to see more. I mean, I've seen it a few mm -hmm. times and I haven't played around with Buncee as much as I feel like I should because I think it's another tool where so it, cool, it's, it's, it's like more UDL friendly and uh, students can create on mm -hmm. it and, um, you know, Wakelet is, can showcase to Buncee or be that access point. Um, but yeah, that's, yes. um, to me, I think those two together could be considered, I would call it, say more of like a non-traditional assessment tool. So, um, oh, awesome. Yeah. And you can spend hours making it and you can spend five minutes making it and it's still going to look 
relatively clean and you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like yeah that's that, that clarity so is huge. but it's also always functional and there's you know you can really use it for you know micro to macro to whatever you're trying to do so yeah i would definitely every everyone loves flipgrid you know it's sort of i would say um one of the more popular non-traditional assessment tools and it's good for um tracking attendance as well mm -hmm. um my buddy dr samson he actually like runs a he I read something he wrote once on Twitter where he was running a, you know, an Excel file that was showing their engagement on Flipgrid. And then that was being given to, to Emus or whoever was in charge of attendance to track, you know, mm -hmm. so, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tools now that can be used for, you know, more of that traditional assessment and I think just now a lot of the tools now are becoming more um, multimodal or UDL friendly. So mm -hmm. you can set the settings for what you essentially want. Um, so it, it's it's great. And I think that, you know, with the advent of this ed tech explosion, I think more and more options for what teachers can do are um, going to be available. But yeah. I think it will come down to, you know, obviously the pedagogy, the instructional strategies and um, you know, moving towards the last bit of our conversation here regarding assessment is, is that, you know, what recommendations would you have for um, integrating assessment into your instructional design into your lessons? Okay, so I really stand behind Edge Elastic as a tool. Um, and I, I know I'm going straight to the tool and, and not to the explanation, but there's a reason. Um, so Edge Elastic has the capability to, um, I don't know, it, everything that a teacher would need if they didn't wanna make anything at all, they didn't wanna create anything at all or a district or whatever, they it's on that website. So as you know, an administrator of the site enterprise license, I can give out common assessments to every grade level, you know, let's do, oh, I don't know, we pick four or five power standards, or maybe two, or, or maybe even one, and the district is on this standard, and we, you know, let out an assessment every two weeks or something over those standards, the same assessment, and then we measure, you know, how everyone's doing and what practices, you know, they had in place at the time that, you know, contributed to their success or lack of success or mm -hmm. maybe engagement, uh, authentic engagement in the activity. So aside from that though, um, I like have a couple of things up right here, like student progress monitoring through Edge Elastic is very um, possible. I actually, wrote this as a blog I did. I have quite a few blogs on their site, but it says our journey to implement common assessment and track student progress during a pandemic. And we, well, I designed an English test and my buddy, um, Dr. Nathan Hawk, uh, he designed the math test and we were asked by our superintendent to come up with some way to grab a baseline because we couldn't afford NWEA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, 
it's not necessary to create your own. However, it really teaches you the process and they, because Edge Elastic has all the tech enhanced items. Um, you don't have to download any data reports. Actually at my new position, um, we have the data where they have a new data warehouse product and we are one of the schools that are piloting it. So, um, you know, Edge Elastic allows you to like, here's another thing like how to create ELA passage-based assessments that meet your students' needs. So, you know, this is an equity piece as well because you can modify your assessments uh, and to differentiate for all learners, especially, you know, if you're trying to uh, eliminate cultural, um, or implicit bias or you know sorts of things so like mm -hmm. i'm trying to stay with a model where equity and access is right at the center you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. edge elastic is just awesome because you can mm, use it for exit tickets i use it for exit tickets every day and it had a live dashboard and you know um just all of the data in instantaneously you don't have to download any of it and now the product is so sophisticated, you can run just about any type of report in, in half a second. You have any kind of graph or chart or whatever you need. They have subgrouping, you know, for gap closing um, goals and those sorts of things. So it's really great for that. And then your reading choices are not uh, determined by an assessment company. You know, I go into Newzella. I find articles that are relevant to the students that are in my district or things that they need to be exposed to, to be, you know, more centered and, mm -hmm. you know, catered to the, the whole child and their well-being and development as uh, citizens. So yeah, the uh, equity and uh, access is very much edge elastic. Um, you know, those things are incorporated into that app and that company was just acquired by GoGuardian. So, you know, there's a lot more power. They have a powerhouse behind a really brilliant team of engineers that created this thing that you can either do it from scratch or you can clone stuff. It's tons of like metadata. I, I don't know. I've been using it for so long that I talk about it from the top down instead of the. No, it seems like <laughs> a great platform and it seems like that it has the ability to um, really help teachers and leaders with the visualizations and it can mm -hmm. be very user-friendly. So that that's amazing. And, um, you know, that's something that I recommend our listeners. And then this is something that I'm going to, um, you know, check out um, yeah. as I begin this school year. So thank you so much for being here. Wow. No, thank you so much for having me, Matt. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And for our listeners, um, you can check out this podcast on all the major platforms from Google to Apple to Spotify, as well as Anchor. Thank you so much and check out all the rest of our episodes and have a great day.